Reflections from Round Hill. We welcome to the pulpit today the Reverend Dr. Ann Kaufman. She's a retired United Church of Christ minister. She is a spiritual director and a certified Enneagram teacher in the narrative tradition. Let's hear God's word from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. When he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on the top of the wood, and then Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. May God bless our hearing and our understanding of this God's holy word. It's such a privilege to be speaking with you today. I'm in this lovely sanctuary, which shows the light and all the glory of the outside creation. So it's a blessing for me to be able to worship with you on this day. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations that are in each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our salvation. 
Amen. Yesterday, my husband Paul and I celebrated our 45th wedding anniversary. I have to keep saying that out loud because I, I can't believe that we have been married that long. I want to say that it doesn't feel like we've been married for 45 years, but when I think of all the places where we have lived and the things that we have done and the ages of our children and grandchildren and the things that they've done, I can only think about how grateful I am to have such fullness in my life. I'm sure that most of you would agree with me that choosing to get married is a true act of faith. We can never know what the future will bring to us. Faith is what our scripture for today is about. Faith. You don't hear today's scripture referred to in very many sermons. This is only the second time in more than 35 years of preaching that I have ever preached on this scripture passage. Who wants to spend time to go in depth on a story that seems, on a first quick read, to be about child sacrifice? Scholars have a hard time with this passage as well. Why is it here? What does it mean? They call this story the binding of Isaac. And I remember some years ago when the church I was serving needed to hire a director for the children's ministry there. The search team was made up of me and three parents. We were sitting in an interview with a very experienced candidate, and we were asking that candidate questions from a list that we had put together, when one of the dads there went off script and said to our candidate, tell me, how would you teach Genesis 22, the story of Abraham planning on to sacrifice his son Isaac to a class of kindergartners? There was a long pause. And then the candidate began to talk about adjusting the ways of teaching scripture passages to the needs of differing age groups and learning styles. We moved on. But after the candidate left, I had to ask this dad, why did you ask that question? No Christian education curriculum is going to recommend teaching about the binding of Isaac until a child is way past kindergarten. He explained that he thought this was a very scary story, and he knew how children can be scared by many things, and that we adults need to discern what is scary for children, and most importantly, we need to decide what to do about it. Do we explain? Do we deny? Do we defer just putting it off? So today, we're working with a very scary passage. And what is going on in our scripture passage for today? What does it teach us about Abraham? And what does it teach us 
about God and our relationship with God. Well, first, it's important to understand how vital Abraham is in the Hebrew scriptures, the salvation history of our faith. Abraham and his wife, Sarah, are the first patriarch and matriarch of the Jewish people, and through Jesus Christ for all Christians as well. Islam also considers Abraham to be their patriarch. God promised Abraham and Sarah that through them would come descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the grains of sand in the desert. It seemed like this promise could never happen because Abraham and Sarah had already been married for many years and they had never had any children. Yet God repeats this promise to Abraham and Sarah several times. Scripture tells us that at one time when God sent angels to tell their their to tell this couple that their child would be born within the year, that Sarah actually laughed out loud to think that she, at the age of 90, would have a child. Yeah, I'm not 90 yet, but I would have laughed out loud too. But nothing is impossible with God. And finally, when Abraham was over 100 years old, and his wife was 91, Sarah gave birth to a baby boy, and they named him Isaac, which means one who laughs. Well, you can imagine how much Sarah and Abraham loved and treasured their son, Isaac. So think about how Abraham must have felt on that day when Genesis tells us that God tested Abraham. First, it is important to notice how Abraham responds to God. In verse 1, God calls Abraham's name, and Abraham says, yes, here I am. The Hebrew word used here is hineni, which means here I am, but also has a connotation of I'm here. And I'm listening, I'm open to what you have to say. That is the kind of relationship that Abraham had with God. He saw himself as bound together with God. And thus, he was open to deeply and truly hearing what God had to say. How often are we open to truly and deeply hearing what our family and our friends have to say, much less than what God has to say to us. Abraham hears God asking him to do what seems to be a terrible thing, to sacrifice his longed-for only son, There were certainly cultures in the areas where Abraham had traveled that practiced child sacrifice, but it was not at all a normal practice for the Hebrew people. It was considered abhorrent. Uh, 
And we find many statements in the Hebrew Bible vilifying this practice. But Abraham does not question God's request. Abraham trusts in God, even when he does not understand why God asks this of him. He trusts that God has reasons and that God will provide. The story of the binding of Isaac is written in a much more moving way than many scripture stories. As we hear of Abraham preparing for his trip to the place of sacrifice, and then when he's traveling with his son Isaac, we hear this phrase, the two of them walked on together. In these simple words, we can feel the trust of Isaac for his father, the love that Abraham has for his son, and the trust and love that Abraham has for God. In these words, we too are reminded that we are bound together with our loved ones, our communities, and that we are bound together with God. At the moment of sacrifice, an angel intervenes, and Abraham again says, Hineni, I am here, I am listening. The story ends with Isaac safe, and Abraham making the more normal, for that time, sacrifice of a ram to God. We are told that the spot of sacrifice is renamed Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. So what do we get from this story? It is a scary story. And it is hard to say about how old someone should be before hearing it. But can't one ask the same question regarding the conflicts and violence that exist today in our world? Yes, we need to protect our family and friends, but there's more to consider. On first reading the Isaac story, we might be tempted not to listen to God at all because of what God might ask for us. But on deeper reflection, isn't this story a promise to us that God is always with us? and that God will always provide? This is the essence of faith, that God is always with us, and that God will always provide. These promises appear many times throughout both the Hebrew and Greek scriptures. God is with us, and God provides. But it can be hard to remember these promises especially when we are in stressful and broken times. It is for this reason that the Jesuit order of Roman Catholic priests teaches a spiritual practice called the examine. Very simply, it is the practice of taking the time to relax in a spirit of gratitude 
and then reviewing the last 24 hours of your life. You can do this in writing or in your thoughts. Identify those times in the last 24 hours when you felt closest to God. Remembering not only the circumstances of that situation, but the thoughts and emotions you had around that situation. Then expressing your thanks for that privilege of that relationship and your relationship with God. Then identify those times in the last 24 hours when you felt farthest away from God. What were your thoughts and emotions that you had during those times? How could you have changed that situation so that you felt closer to God in it? Then close this time of examine by giving thanks for this time together with God and the insights and gifts that God gives to each of us. This week, I encourage you to try the examine. Maybe you can make the examine a summer project. I want you to know that God has such great love for each of us and that God encourages us always to have compassion for ourselves and compassion always for others. Amen.